So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. How to support the war on Christmas. Right, exactly. Yeah. How, how to can, do my part to support the troops. How can... <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, do, is it incumbent upon us as Americans to support the troops in the war on Christmas, which is an American war? I'm so confused about how to be loyal here. Okay, well, I personally... So my personal take on this is, um, you know, I've obviously, since we... Um, started this war in uh, 2015 with opening salvos, obviously Starbucks producing a red cup with a green, you know, green and red cup um, Mm -hmm. was a, you know, a bold strike against Christmas, like obviously. Right. So, uh, you know, and ever since I've been doing my, like, you know, I always try to buy Starbucks as much as I can to support our troops. I mean, that's the important thing, but, um, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, and so this year, um, I've been, I've like, you know, I, some of you may be following the news and, and whatever. And I, um, I think you will probably forgive me for having turned all of that off as much as possible more recently. It's just very difficult to process or even like have that assault on your senses all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of stuff to be depressed about right here in my very own living room. Right. So, um, right. I, uh, so I don't know where the controversy lands as far as, I mean, I guess we're still into it, right? I mean, here we yeah. are coming up on the cusp of Christmas. You know, we've made so, it through. Um, Chris, I, I think the new Starbucks cups are out. I've not been watching the news, so I don't know if they're like, you know, if there's someone raging against them or not waving handguns and claiming mm. that, uh, you know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's some kind of a conspiracy. So it's just for reference to, as of recording this, it's Tuesday, December 10th. 2019 right so i also have not heard anything but you and i have done a very good job of sort of like yeah blocking out a lot of right i mean my my consumption of news has been really limited to like a couple of um you know a couple of articles in the morning like you know five days a week or something like that i don't really i try to kind of scan the headlines are we all gonna die tomorrow no okay I, i can't read any more of this so um i get most of my news my political news comes from an amazing blog called what the fuck just happened today i've been i i followed that guy for a long time he's great yeah and then um i listen to like minnesota public radio's pop music station so they don't really cover any news on that yeah i mean i sometimes it's nice i think radio stations like that because if there is actually something newsworthy or like actually happening they oftentimes will like do a break and be yeah. like, hey, so just so you guys know, this may be pertinent to your actual existence. Mm-hmm. Um, Existential <clears throat> yeah. concern. Uh, so I, I mean, you know, I thought of the concept of this podcast just based around the idea that I'd, I'd kind of taken to this joke of like every time during this year, like during this time of year when I have Starbucks in my hand and people are looking at me, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm just doing my part to support the troops. Or on Christmas. Go team. Um, God, that's so funny. I think it is because it's just such an absurd concept of like, anyway, yeah. um, I, so I am actually would like to hear from you, um, about, so you did a little research into the war on Christmas and you found yeah. some really interesting stuff that I'd like to hear about. It's got a pretty short history. Sure. Like it got crazy very recently. Yeah. And yeah. so I'll just, um, read to you what I found here. Uh, m- my sources are rationalwiki.org. Okay. Yeah, I'm um, familiar with which that. is like wikipedia but deals with um well it says what it does what it does on the says what it it says what it does on the tin it's just about rationality um i also got some information from snopes um so rational wiki's entry is war on christmas snopes article is a history of the war on christmas the new york times published how the war on christmas controversy was created and then uh, Wikipedia, the plain Wikipedia proper, yeah. uh, has an entry on Christmas controversies, plural, and Business Insider also published the history of the war on Christmas. So, like, it's all over the place, which I find hilarious. Yeah. Um, what I got, uh, the most interesting stuff that I got right off the bat about the scope of the 
the whole thing was from the rational wiki uh-huh. so uh they said that it was originally a conspiracy plot by the john birch society uh-huh. in the 1950s the late 50s as a means of uh bringing to light the communist plot to ruin christmas right so uh-huh. it's all like communism like red right. scare bullshit right so i was like who's the john birch society uh-huh. so i looked them up um they are so racist that Bob Dylan wrote a song about them called Talkin' John Birch Paranoid Blues. That's great. I, I'm familiar. I, that's funny because now I'm, I'm familiar with the song or at least a little bit familiar. Like I re- yeah. remember it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, I'm pretty. Yeah. And a number. I think that's one of the songs that radio had used as the jumping off point for their titles off of OK Paranoid Android or OK computer i don't know either yeah, way right. um it's reminding me of something but i don't have it in front of me so we'll keep moving off that <laughs> yeah. um so the rick the wiki article i was reading um linked to a daily beast article and it described the resurgence of the war on christmas in the early 1990s mm-hmm. thusly Paleoconservative, V Dare founder, white nationalist, anti Semite, and all around wing nut Peter Brimelow. <laughs> <There's> dra- <laughs> a few qualifiers there. <laughs> dragged the weird lie back out of the attic 30 years later and in 1990 created a whole new white supremacist puke fest against multiculturalism. And the person sitting in front row for all of that uh-huh. was Bill O'Reilly who got super mad subsequently about Walmart greeters saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, and that brings us up to like 2015-ish when the bullshit actually made it as far as presidential candidates who on the campaign trail prior to 2016 elections made statements about their preference for the Merry Christmas version over the happy holidays version, one of whom is very insane and silly and says incorrect, unbelievable things all the time. And the other, a man who is currently presiding over the U S but who also fits the above description. Right. So there were two of them, right? Two Christmas nut jobs. So yeah, that's how we got here. It's ridiculous. Um, Um, And I mean, like, if we're just going to take this to its logical conser- uh, logical conclusion, yeah, I'm concerned about it because, uh, well, my area of concern lies with the fact that all of this information um, that I read suggests that the people who really care about this are like Christians who have been sort of like shoehorned into thinking this has anything to do with their religious beliefs because of the holiday when it was really all like an anti-communist thing that got it started. Right. Right. And that just segues so easily into current white supremacy that like, you know, whatever, but it's not religious. That's the thing. Like this is not about religion. It's about the same people who are like weird right wing conservatives and neocons and things like that. Right. Who are like, so if you care about Christmas, Mm -hmm. but you're also like, in that Venn diagram, like you are the screaming about, you know, supporting troops and putting yellow flags on your car and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like how, where do you lie in the support? Do not support the troops in the war on Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I um, mean, are the troops, the people who are waging war on Christmas? Well, I just don't understand the metaphor. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, like in my joke, for instance, I'm supporting our troops in the sense that uh, <laughs> I'm supporting Starbucks in their waging war on Christmas, except obviously they're not. I mean, any any normal, right. any sane person, I would imagine. I mean, if you look at all the cut, like I'm looking at this website now um, that lists the Starbucks cups from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, oh all of which have come under fire, right? Yeah, because they say the happy holidays or because they don't say anything? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just go through them real oh, okay. quick. So okay. uh, 2015 was the, um, when they went to a red cup prior to 2015, they'd had more, um, the, the designs had been more complicated and 2015 was when they'd kind of really simplified and created this red cup. And the red cup, um, I've, I forget who this spokesperson was for Starbucks, but I think their basic messaging on it was that they were saying that they wanted to, um, the idea was that they were to quote usher in the holidays with the purity of design that welcomes all of our stories. And then, um, you know, with the idea of basically being like, Hey, let's be inclusive. So -hmm. we're going to have something that's like less specific and a little more open-ended for people to appreciate. Right. Um, fine. Sounds all good. Uh, so 
so that that's that was the kickoff you know basically um i don't know some asshat basically made a facebook post about i i think he was i think he literally was clutching a handgun when he was <laughs> i'm not sure i it's been a long time since i've seen the video it may be he just i know he had like a jesus t-shirt and some other things um, <laughs> and so he he uh he basically was like basically saying that starbucks is trying to take the christ out of christmas and take it off of their cups and, and you know and then he had this See, whole that's... And, and his whole reason his whole thing was like okay so go to starbucks and say your name is merry christmas so they have to say merry christmas right and it's like i don't it, it, the thinking behind that is so narrow-minded like you're just missing anyway so yeah go ahead good job go to definitely go to starbucks and buy more coffee that's what right. that's what we need to do here um the thing <laughs> The, so you anyway 2015 yeah so 2015 i kind of kicked it off and and i think it wasn't so much that video is mm-hmm. that how that video got used and you know later like people are like you know it just kind of people got worked up into a frenzy about it i guess well media people i'm not convinced that people walking around on the street so were this upset about maybe it. it's just bill o'reilly and that's it oh very much likely i mean it, it so but just kind of my joke about supporting the troops on chris like i'll try to yeah. be more concise oh, sorry so, so 2016 um features a cup that was um it was green like a, a solid green background with a white logo space but now it had a single line drawing of i think it was like hundreds of people in different you know different like faces and, yeah. and busts and things you know and doing different things it's kind of like a wells uh, a where's waldo kind of picture of yeah you know but it's all just a single line drawing over the whole cup um it's a pretty cool design again um this cup was then you know had a really swift back backlash and there was a very vocal group of conservatives that were you know upset about christian values because i'm not sure why like it didn't have a picture of christ on it or was it did it need to have more christ on it like what what was missing um yeah. but anyway so that's the 20 2016 2017 um i remember very clearly because i remember at this point i was like this is a really getting this joke is getting old now right right every time i walk around saying i'm doing my job to support the troops on christmas it's like no one thinks it's funny anymore yeah i'm like i can't believe it's still relevant right like it's still relevant people still think it's funny um and so i kept saying it even though now i'm kind of laughing at myself for being committed to a terrible joke um but this is the best part so the 2017 cup was was white background with white and green um, kind of a line drawing like the line drawing was in black and then there were um, different images like presents um, hearts there were hands like two hands holding you know yes hands. oh i remember and the so hands i think this so there was some buzzfeed article that basically said it's totally gay i'm not sure if they were being like joking mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter because um it just blew up right as basically people were accusing start the chain of pushing a gay agenda right <laughs> and this is my favorite part so starbucks doesn't confirm one way or the other and they quoted to new york or they they gave a quote to new york times we intentionally designed the cup so our customers can interpret it the, can interpret it the way in their own way starbucks cups mean different things to different, different people. people exactly yeah <laughs> so um you know and then in 2018 they they were just like okay let's try this and they had four different designs all of which if you look at them they basically look like christmas wrapping paper you know oh. one of them is like green a green sort of diamond pattern with stars in it another yeah. one sort of like candy cane-esque another one has uh holly berries and leaves like on a white background i mean you can't get more christmas than this as far as i'm concerned if i bought a if i bought a package of christmas wrapping paper it would look like this if you gave it to me on my birthday, which is nowhere near Christmas, it would be completely inappropriate. I'd be like, "Why did you give me Christmas wrapping paper?" Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, of course, that didn't really pan out for them. And you know, once again, we were, you know, seeing news articles and people on TV telling us about, um, you know, all kinds of crap. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I so my point being, I forget where I was going with this. Oh, so the in the context of my joke and answering your question yes. like 
my joke obviously is like I'm saying, well, I'm choosing sides here. And obviously if Starbucks is fighting a war on Christmas, I'm in support mm-hmm. of that because as an atheist, that's what I do. I, right. I'm, you know, outspoken and hate everybody who has any belief that's not my own. Right. And you that's don't my... have any. So it's guaranteed that you hate everybody. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> and so my whole agenda is to basically dismantle everybody else and make sure that they're miserable with me. Right. You're I mean, just a total nihilist. Yeah. Total nihilist. Yes. That's that's it. I knew there was a word for this. Yep. Uh, I'm also non-thinking as an atheist, right? So I don't know about any of these concepts. So let's just keep it narrow and hate focused. Narrow and hate focused. Yeah, that's how I... That would be like a really funny sticker. (laughs) Narrow and hate focused. I'm going to make a note of that sticker. I I feel like that could go in our merch store. Right? Yeah. FCBM. Narrow and And hate hate focused. focused. (laughs) This is going to be the new... um, what is that Infowars or whatever bullshit like the market yes. like the people get so passionate there's people out there just with signs and shipping like Infowars like what is going on here yeah but that's how we should promote this is we totally be like narrow and hate focused and it's like we mm-hmm. don't talk about half half of any of that and then we can market some kind of like brain boosting nootropic pills that are like are you not feeling hateful enough <laughs> Right. So, like something you said. Let's about, just be clear. Like we're definitely not promoting we, being hateful. We do anybody. not. Please we, do not. The only thing I hate is poor design, and that's not yeah. even really a thing. It's right. just a process. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. Um, well, I hate squash too. Because we'd arrived at you know when you. But were, I don't hate people. You don't hate people. Yeah. No, I really don't. I mean, I. I really dislike the way some people do things and, and it really impacts my life and I can be upset about that. But I think in the end, I don't actually hate people. I just sometimes wish that they left me alone. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, we're going right. to, so uh, something you said about like the guy on Facebook with the t-shirt with Jesus and the gun uh, and stuff. Uh-huh. So that was in like, 2015. Yeah. That was the start of the Starbucks so controversy. He, then chronologically yeah. speaking, in the history of this, there's like, there's divergent paths, right? Like in the life of Brian and Monty Python's the life of Brian, you know how yes. one sect breaks off because of his sandal and the oh, other sect so breaks good. off because of his yes. gourd. Uh-huh. So like the John Birch society mm. was all about like atheist communists taking the Christ out of Christmas. Right. So whoever that guy was on Facebook mm-hmm. was an originalist mm-hmm. in terms of his, war on christmas hatred because he was citing the loss of christ from christmas as the reason that he was upset which was not the reason espoused by um the second guy peter brimelow in the 1990s right so like whoever this guy on facebook was probably like grew up hearing his parents his like racist parents be uh upset about this Mm -hmm. because peter brimelow didn't say anything about communists in the 1990s because it was passe by then right he was all about like miscegenation basically right and like mixing of races and multiculturalism which is hilarious yes which is hilarious yeah uh but anyway for so many reasons that just hit me all at once i kind of like had to look off and think about it for a second but i'm not going to talk about any of them so that just cracks me up because uh like there's an actual there's tribes of the war on christmas yeah yeah there's tribes. Yeah. That's I, brilliant. I think, um, I mean, people, it's kind of human nature to like kind of connect over a common enemy or a common hatred, right? Sure. I mean, we sit around and like get upset about stuff and, yeah. and bond over how much we hate a thing. Well, I think like being upset or being happy or all of these different things that people go through yeah. are like primary to the human condition and throughout history, I mean... I'm not like trying to sound like a high school poorly researched paper here. Like sure. since the beginning of man and time, but I just like some things seem in a world with, no- <laughs> it seems like no matter what your background is or your upbringing or your circumstances, sure. you will go through a range of emotions like everybody else does. And they're very similar. And the things that you're upset about are circumstantial and subjective. Yeah. But yeah. so I like, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually uh-huh. for other reasons, not related to the war on Christmas, yeah. uh, partly about the Tesla truck and uh-huh. how upset people get over things. I have that- very strong feelings about the Tesla truck. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't even, I don't know where I land, but I know I'm upset. Right. I'm just upset. I either really love it or I really hate it, but either way, I'm very charged. So it may, yeah, it made me realize that people will get upset about just about anything. Like the yeah. things we love and the things we hate are interchangeable. Right. Um, and evidently it doesn't really matter that much which side you're on because like it's 2020 almost and we're all still here. Yeah. 
So anyway, my point is um, people will just slot in shit to care about. And it seems like people are very eager to get very upset, like uh, disproportionately upset about things that don't actually have any real consequences, but won't tread into or wade into waters where being upset about something that's intractable, like um, like globalization or like um, blood for, blood for oil or right. I mean like any of the things like genocide, yeah. things that are like cancer problems yeah. that are real big ones, right? Um, and and like there's no shortage of actual things to get upset about. But I think people feel like maybe ignoring those and like exercising your human condition right, upset right. on something that really has no consequences can be somewhat comforting. And it's also safer, right? I mean, it's yeah, not, yeah, that's what, yeah, it's comforting yeah. as opposed to like right. upsetting. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it is. It's comforting yeah. and less upsetting. Um, I totally get that. I mean, it, it's also kind of a luxury, right, to like be that upset about something. I mean, if you're if you're able to be that upset about a truck that some people believe shouldn't be called a truck or, you know, I mean, whatever the fuck it is that people are upset about. If you're that upset about it, then you're, you've got a pretty good life. Yeah. You've got a lot of shit that's already going fine for you that you're not that worried. Like you're either or, ignoring or you, have, or you don't. And you're just like, I, this is the only way I can express myself. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to like, I don't want to put people in boxes and be like, well, if you believe this, then this, I'm going to psychoanalyze a bunch of strangers, yeah, but I can imagine it's like, it is a little bit of a luxury that it's like, I'm worried about like what some rich guy did on a stage and wherever that was, San Francisco or wherever he was like yeah. viewing it and like broke a window and whether he looks like an idiot yeah. or not, or whether it's a good truck or not, or whether it should be called a truck. Like I, just don't care. Yeah. Well, because all of that shit's irrelevant. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, great. Yeah. I mean, I have stronger feelings about pens. Uh, yeah. I would but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, the getting upset over pointless things, I guess, is like. Yeah. Uh, it just occurred to me that this is one of those things. It is. I mean, it's it's also. Um, like, I every time I step outside of my house at this time of year, I'm practically gagging on a miasma smog of tinsel and (laughs) hay from mangers Uh and all kinds of cinnamon air freshener. I mean, my God, I can't plastic baby. Jesus was trapped in a tumbleweed. Get away from it. I can just, yeah. Anyway, we need to shoot a movie about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I, I mean, I, I love this time of year, um, but I didn't grow up somewhere really cold. I grew up in San Diego. So yeah. for me, it's like, this is the coldest time of year here typically. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. It's in, you know, I mean, I have to put shoes on most of the days, like, oh, well, most of the evenings. I have to put shoes on. It's, it's, a, it's a hassle, but I'm worth, yeah. it's worth it to me to put those shoes on and go out there. Cause it's cute. Like it's, there's Christmas lights and things feel cozy and it's dark much longer, you yep. know, cause we just have this oppressive sun all the time. It's so, you know, it's like, so it's oppressive. like it gets, gets up in the eighties during the summer. Like it's really uncomfortable and warm and like, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta put, you know, a hat on occasionally or like stay in the shade for half the day, or you might get a little bit of a sunburn. Like it is upsetting. It's upsetting. So you can understand why for me, Christmas is like this special time of year. Right. Um, such a it's the only period of relief it is the only period also i think ultimately like most holidays for me they have this like emotional content of that means i didn't go to school that day which is like i when i think about it later i'm like that was probably like the most important thing i mean i was like i remember the sheer terror i felt when i was old enough to conceptualize how long time like what time meant Mm -hmm. Like how long it was, and yep. then when I discovered how many years of school oh, I was mandated to go to. God, like I was living, like you know, in first and second grade, I was living in the terms of like, but this will be over. This year will be over, and then I won't yep. have to go back to school. <laughs> yeah, like summer will come, and then I will not have this nightmare. And then it's right. like no, and then you have the nightmare again, and then you have the nightmare again, and then you have a nightmare again, and then you know when you're eighteen, then you're the nightmare is over. Yeah. And I was like, this is untenable. I don't even, I, and at that age, a year is so long. Your life, it, it's not even, when you're like 10, you still have the bulk of your schooling ahead of you. Yeah. In theory. I mean, 
you know, I ended up going off to fucking college and spending way more time in school. Like, you know, but it's another, yeah, that's different. But see, I think you and I were both traumatized by everything that happened up through 12th grade. Yeah. And beyond not. that, we were fucking cookies. Well, then it's choices, right? I'm yeah. like, I get to choose where I go. I get to choose what I study. I get to, you know, I'm, I'm have autonomy over my life and what I'm doing. And I chose to be here. I mean, I paid a lot of money to go to school and I, I was glad for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't regret any of it. Um, and I, I mean, there were still things that I didn't like about it, but it was not, it wasn't on the level of like, I'm in jail. Why am I in jail? I don't understand why I'm in jail. Like, I feel like I'm being punished for yeah. something that I didn't do. School. It's original sin, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, if I'd been raised a Catholic, I probably would have done better in school. I would have just been able to like, internalize this. the guilt. Right. Internalize it and use it as fuel. Yeah. Use it as fuel to get through school. Right. right? Cause I, I knew, do need to pay this pun penance or whatever. Mm-hmm. suffer through this punishment i deserve it yeah i, I we were just ice pick and I, 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 were... I really shouldn't speak on that because people are catholic and that's their thing and i, I don't know that much about that's all right it. i'm catholic i can talk about it okay you go ahead my dad's I, a recovering catholic i'm so. a recovering catholic okay so oh, i was talking to ice pick the other day about uh-huh. like the different sacraments that you get like holy communion yeah. and baptism right. and reconciliation and all of these things i guess this is relevant we're talking about christmas okay. yeah, it's i feel relevant. like i look at that um, we like accidentally stumbled well, into staying on topic i'm about to make baby jesus cry go do it um so i realized around the age of nine when we had to start doing confession and stuff mm-hmm. that like i already didn't believe in god uh-huh and so whatever some priest was going to tell me was him channeling God to tell me how to make up for the shit that I told him I did. Uh Like whatever that priest says isn't coming from God either because we've already established from first principles that, okay, there is no God. So now what? Right. Right. And so I realized, well, wait a second then if there's no God and the priest isn't channeling that God, when I tell the priest what I did wrong, then not only should I not feel compelled to tell the priest that I even did anything wrong? I probably shouldn't even feel guilty about doing the thing in the first place. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just not going to do this confession thing anymore. Right. I think I went like twice and I was so creeped out by the whole thing. I was like, such a creepy weird thing. Nope, I'm done. And we didn't even have the creepy priest at my school or at my um, church. I yeah. am to this day. I have not heard anything unsavory about either of the two priests That's that were there. Yeah. Um. And one of them is dead now, but he was really nice. And I think like one of them baptized both of us. Or anyway, but sure. Um. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Uh, just doing like working it was almost like working out the math uh-huh. and I would do it while I was sitting in church because when I had to sit in church was the only time I ever thought about being at church sure right it's not it's, it's like work it, most of the time it's not really relevant to what you're doing yeah. in your life like it doesn't have a lot of bearing on whether you're deciding to do you know what yeah. do I do today what do I do today like, I go to <laughs> not going to confession that's for sure yeah. step one do not go to confession so um yeah and then like even uh way up when I was 18 years old so my mom and dad were both catholic my dad is agnostic or well that's what he'll admit to I think he's actually atheist but just doesn't want to he's hedging his bets right it's, Yeah I get you Um Katie's like that she's, my she mom, says she's agnostic but I'm like you're, you're, you're an, an atheist. atheist My mom I think is still I think she still believes in god I think she would still if you asked her say that she's catholic even yeah. though she doesn't like practice catholicism she's not a practicing catholic she doesn't go to church Mm -hmm. um but i like was sitting with her in church one day and i was like like it occurred to me i had this revelation ha 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 no pun intended Uh and this revelation like oh god doesn't live in church and i said this to my mom in the middle of mass and i Uh thought she was gonna kill me oh that's great i was like mom check this out (laughs) i just figured something out god doesn't live here in fact he doesn't live anywhere You said that to her? How yeah. old were you? I was like eight. That's great. Uh, I think I was in like second grade. Yeah. And of course I was like, I was just so eager to be doing things. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily, I don't have the drive to be a part of or belong to a thing. Mm-hmm. So the belonging isn't the thing, the, the like doing the thing, the creative part of it, the like doing something other than doing nothing part of it. Oh, right. Was right. what was really appealing to me. And mm-hmm. so like, if I'm going to have to spend all this time in church, mm-hmm. I want to be like one of the altar servers. Oh, uh-huh. so you like run around and get the wine and bring it up there. I and have then something you, to do. But you have something to do. Yeah. So I ended up like being like, 
like in Lutherans, I think call them acolytes, but Catholics call them like altar servers. Or right. They were altar boys and then they became be- altar people, altar, altar, people. altar children, altar servers. Yeah. The I think they servers, took a yeah. cue from like waitressing. They were like, just say server. That's what the waitresses say now. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're out of touch. Yeah. So <laughs> I would just like do that as a thing to do. Like if you're going to make me go to church on fucking Sunday, I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking run around in church and think about other things. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not even sure why. Oh, I, but, uh, yeah, you, I just figured these things out. Like Catholics, Catholicism means different things to different people. Right. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, I, so we recently watched this movie. Um, so yes, uh, Meg's, Meg's boyfriend, Damon was a very kind and bought these tickets to go see, um, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yes. And it was the road show, which was great because yep. then Kevin Smith and uh, Jason, um, what's his name? Muse. Muse. Yeah. Jason Muse were there and they, they spoke and talked about the movie and it was really enjoyable, but there's this, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's this, uh, Fred Armisen is in the movie. Oh my God. And, um, yeah, I knew where you were going with this yeah, and I had completely forgotten still, about that. It's so funny. Um, but there's basically there's this line where he's talking about, um, this product called hater tots, which are hilarious and in the, the, of themselves. And then he says, well, they just mean different things to different people. And this is kind of in reference to the fact that he stopped, he'd started this business and then had to give up the business because, um, certain hate groups had really taken to them. And so, right. He, he, like he did, he started it out as a business to make tater tots for marketed to teenage yes, girls right. because obviously teen, everyone knows teenage girls love tater tots. Right. Was his, yeah. like, reasoning. They love tater tots and they love to hate things. So, and they, so they hater tots, hater tots, H A T E R. Yeah. So yeah, hater tots, but so hater good. tots also became like a flagship food, a celebrated food of like neo-Nazi white supremacists right, right. throughout America. Yeah. So, by the time you meet fred he's like driving a car service like uber or lyft or whatever it was called i don't remember in the movie it has some clever name yeah yeah. he's got the hater tots like cooking in his car in the space there's a toaster oven in the glove box box. where the glove box would be yeah it's so great Um, and they mean different things to different people and that joke has like come up so many times in the weeks since we've seen that movie yeah Yep. different things to different people um all right so uh yeah there the war on christmas is a really fascinating quirk like i don't even it's such a is it a function of like capitalism because people are seeing the only reason people are listening to or paying attention to what starbucks is doing is yeah. because they're such a force they're a force on scale with the u.s government because they're so widespread and so like culturally relevant right right so is that what where's the commentary here like where so are we going to say something about how like we how like the ceo of starbucks is essentially an oligarchic figure and like controls the coffee market so much that people rearrange their belief systems around it I don't know. I it's hard. Like I'm not really prepared to really like, <laughs> weigh in on that in a real like a real way. I mean, it's perfectly fine to like bandy stuff about and be like, oh, it's this or that. I mean, it's, I, I don't have the, you know, I feel like the rigor that would be required to really like flesh that out is yeah. beyond the scope of my preparedness right now. I, oh I yeah, think it's, me too. I had not. I have never even thought about no, it before. I think it's a really fascinating. Um, I mean, corporations and corporate America in itself, right? I mean, you have these yes, corporations yes. that basically have more, um, they certainly have more wealth than major governments in many countries. Mm-hmm. Um, they certainly have more agility in a sense. It's weird. It's weird because they become, they become this like corporations are kind of like this concentration of, of like power and wealth. And then the people who wield that, kind of come and go a lot yeah. of times i mean not always i mean you you know you've had you have some corporations like um, amazon and, and ebay and some other ones that have been kind of headed by a small select group for a long time um and i think i think sometimes it's easy to just be like oh it's the ceo that's doing that but oftentimes oh, it's not it's, it's not it's i like mean it's like a board I, of directors and other people that are yeah you know, that are it's, all, it's like so many things yeah um but uh 
CEO of Starbucks is crazy though because he wanted to run for president too. Yeah, a crazy billionaire. Yeah, which yeah. I guess that's what it, in my mind in the like that's pictures. What that's of, what yeah, I was thinking because right. I was like, oh, the CEO wants to run for president, right? Which would essentially make him an oligarch, right? Sure. But uh, that aside, like that specific example. Yeah, I aside, just think. Um, I mean, I just think it's it's tough when you have um, you have these like entities that have enough wealth and power right. and control that they can basically. Um, completely own another country yeah it's interesting too i guess maybe what i'm thinking of is like because it's not very democratic right i mean it's like they're not you know i mean like setting aside whether we currently live in a real democracy or not anymore is a separate issue yeah just the idea of it's like i mean there's just like outright like you don't get to vote on the policies of amazon right it's directed by their desire to do whatever their plan is right make money yeah make money and so they're you know as long as they can continue to get money out of you that's the direction they're going to go so like this is what's interesting to me right so you've got a you've got the government which Mm -hmm. supposedly and i'm not saying supposedly like i don't believe this i'm saying supposedly like i think sometimes we get away from this sure they're the goal of a government is to look out for like the common good right? right and so like the why behind the giant entity at least in america it's enormous yeah the why behind that kind of an entity is to supposedly safeguard the public good right the why behind a similarly sized entity like starbucks or amazon or mm-hmm. google or whatever their stated goals are to make money yep and so like People want to be told what to think, apparently. Religion, the stated goal of religion is sure. to, well. Well, I think you've got, so you know, you've got, we've talked about this before in other podcasts where um, you have this issue, like you create this climate of like, it wears you down. Like you're constantly assaulted by media, whether it's advertising or marketing or messaging. It's like always propagandizing mm-hmm. against, and, and then you're left with all these decisions to make in your day. I mean, we make more and more decisions every day. Like it's not like we live this day where yeah. it's like, there's not a lot of choices I have to make today. It's this yeah. We I'm talked do about decision fatigue. Yeah. Before. And so decision fatigue creates a situation where it's, of course it's super enticing to have someone tell you what to do. Yeah. It, it's how like it's a way you break somebody down you just create a situation where they're completely exhausted from all the decisions they have to make about yeah. their daily life and then you come along and say hey look i have the solution for you you just do this you don't have to think about it anymore yeah it's super enticing i totally get why why religion is both effective and uh who said it's the opiate of the masses <laughs> uh fuck i think it was karl marx yeah but i think it like, was karl marx yeah. i'm gonna be really embarrassed if i get that wrong because i really enjoy marx and this could it, be a rookie it, mistake. It's it's fine. We'll we'll um through the magic of editing, which we won't do, and this is all going to be played live. Right. Um, you will someone will have to forgive you. Our audience will be forgiving. We do know our it was Mark. Pretty well. It was, it was Mark's. Mark's. Okay. Good job. So embarrassment avoided. You can continue to have a podcast and live your life. It's fine. Yeah. You don't need to uh, go live in hiding now. Um. Anyway, I that that like, and it's not just religion. It's like everything, like any kind of pri- like the biggest thing you're selling to people is like, hey, this is a quality of life. Like you can not have to think about things for a little while. I mean, to be honest, like I listen to podcasts. It's nice. Like a lot of media that I listen to, it's like I can just turn my brain off for a while and just like have it go. I can just watch this show or yeah. I can listen to this thing. And um, and then it's harder when you're left with like having to make hard decisions about your life. It's nice if there's just like a clear plan and I don't have to like worry about it. And mm-hmm. it's stressful to take on like all the responsibility is like you can abdicate all that responsibility. Yeah. It's someone else. Like if I do this and then religions are great that way because they, they also abdicate the responsibility. Yes. Like, I mean, Catholicism is what I'm most familiar with having mm-hmm. grown up in around it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Catholic adjacent, Catholic adjacent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such an easy way to abdicate all responsibility because it's like, no, you all the good things that will happen to you are after this. Mm-hmm. Just do what I say. Right. And then all so, the, the, all your wildest dreams will come true and it will be great. And all the good things that you want are, are there waiting for you. Yeah. So right now just live this way that I want you to live and do this thing. And I don't. And so then I, like I can never be mad about that because there's no way for me to be like, Hey, you told me this thing and now it's not happening. Right. So I'm wondering if like all of these entities, like religions and governments and corporations and stuff, because they're, because they're similarly sized and, and spread out, like, you know, the relevance is global essentially. And because 
they're in the position like it just seems like the way that we ended up with corporate overlords is because before that preceding the corporate overlords we had government overlords and religious overlords and they're Mm -hmm. similarly top down and they're similarly telling you what their expectations of your behavior are like governments tell you how to be a citizen religious tell you what to believe yeah and corporations what like tell you what to buy and so what is telling you what to buy right i mean same thing it's like how to to behave yeah how to behave um yeah i mean there's it it's Except what's even, I don't know, what bothers me even worse about corporations is that they're, like, they are also benefiting, like, governments aren't supposed to directly benefit necessarily. Sure. Um, Religions definitely directly benefit. Sure. Yeah. Very few over very many. Right. But, like, the corporate financial stake in things, like, it's just such a weird runaway train that all of a sudden there's so much money in play that it itself has become synonymous with the type of power that are is usually reserved for other giant entities with a singular purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the weird thing to me about corporations is that they don't have a singular purpose aside from making money. Right. Like, how you achieve their goal for them comes in a fuck ton of different vehicles and means and paths and ways and so like i guess the thing that scares me about them is when a religion is like okay we've got all these people obedient and believing what we're telling them mission accomplished just keep doing the same thing right government is a little dodgier and i'm not a political theorist so i'm not even going to comment on that but it's supposed to look at are people being taken care of Mm-hmm. great keep going right more right. of the same and but corporations are just like their meaning over time has shifted so radically that i don't i mean at best maybe people who find themselves helming giant corporations haven't thought about the ethics of that or at worst they have and <laughs> more of the same please but right. they're like corporate polluters and they like they it's, make money by lying to people. I mean, I. So all of a sudden, we're stuck with entities as large and powerful as governments and religions making decisions that are uh, totally unpredictable. Right. Outside of make more money. Right. And people are just going to use those as the directors of how to behave. Yeah, I mean, it's you know. It's weird. It is. I like that less than I like Catholicism. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's. Hmm. There's nothing like particularly comforting about thinking about it that way. No, but it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I I also think like sometimes they're kind of like two sides of the same coin. Like it's not exactly. Yeah. You know, well, it's the, like how do you want your flavor? Like do you, I'm sorry. Yes, like, I'm a fan of blue. That is one of my favorite flavors when it comes to artificial flavoring. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's like one of the best as far as I'm concerned. Mine's like, watermelon. Term, really? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, watermelon. That's Fake watermelon like is like. Like a Jolly Rancher watermelon. Yes, it's yeah. ruined me on real watermelon. I'm like, this is, oh. it's like watching black and white TV. Uh, yeah. Right. I've never really been a huge fan of watermelon to begin with. Oh, okay. But, that once, I, but once you have the, f- yeah. The fake okay, watermelon, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm never going back to anything but sugar. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, But, uh, yeah, I, I... I mean, I think at least, you know, the nice thing about this conversation is that it's still very poignant because we're basically talking about a consumeristic holiday at this point. What was yeah. that? You had a really good quote from the beginning that you were looking at. Um, mm. So on one of the websites that was describing the war on Christmas, um, I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Like it's, it's a real mouthful, which I'm a fan of. Especially oh, yes. Of I know which one it um, was on. So, um, I mean, there's just a lot to unpack in this statement. <clears throat> whether it's, whether you could argue it's true or not is irrelevant. It's just a really great. Yeah. So it was uh, it was the first one, Rational Wiki, where I sort of I used Rational Wiki as the jumping off point to do the other linked articles and things. So at the top of the War on Christmas entry on Rational Wiki, it says it reads a quote by H.P. Lovecraft. (laughs) It was the Yuletide that men call Christmas, though they know in their hearts it's older than Bethlehem and Babylon, older than Memphis and mankind. So a, a great archetypal evil, in yes, other words. Right. <clears throat> For those of you who don't read Lovecraft, you absolutely should start now, today, as of today. But this just don't order it from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> the so-called War on Christmas, uh-huh. or, it, this parenthetically, or less sensationally, the Christmas controversy, 
close parenthesis, is a right-wing demagogic neologism referring to real or imagined secularist attempts to keep the December solstice holiday shopping season culturally inclusive. It sets the standard by which all other manufacturer overseas may be judged and is famously hawked every year by none other than now former Fox News Channel contributor Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I, anyway, I, I really appreciate everything about that quote, yeah. like everything that it's like that they packed in there to kind of, it's just got to dig at everybody, right? Like it, it just does. kind of just yes. ropes everybody in and just like pings them, you know, it's, hey, this is a consumeristic holiday and it's definitely something we should be judging other consumeristic holidays against, um, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about the war on Christmas and its effects on consumerism in general. Yeah. Um, which is, again, like where it's, you know, you look at corporations and things. I mean, in this way, I could imagine they're basically doing the same thing that Catholicism. I imagine, um, at least my experience with it growing up was that the few times that I got drug into a Catholic church was around Christmas. Like there yes. was a couple of Chris, you know, Catholic masses that I would attend, which were Christmas time was a time that, you know, before I realized I had a lot more autonomy, even as a child, mm-hmm. um, I ended up in, in church and, um, you know, sitting in the pew, having not been baptized, so I don't go up for the, I just sit in the pew, right? And, yes. and everybody stares at me weirdly when they go up for their communion, um, which is what I got very comfortable with. And then when I, a few times as an adult where I've been to Catholic mass where they've, it seems like there's this trend where it's like, oh no, we welcome you up to come for a blessing. And I'm like, fuck that. My thing is to sit in the pew right. and be judged. Yeah. Why would I do, like, don't fuck this up for me. Yeah. I've got my comfort now. Don't change tradition. Uh, don't, um, don't change the tradition. Right. Anyway, um, I forget where I was going with this. Oh, so. Uh, it just wraps in some. So many- Christmas has been, you know, it, it, it was originally it was like, you know, it was a time when religion could promote itself. Right. I mean, really, sure. you know, it's like there's everybody get excited about this holiday because this is a time when we're going to like talk up the church. Mm-hmm. And I bet attendance in Catholic churches are like huge. That's a big time. Well, they take Everybody gets drunk. Everybody gets drunk. Right. So I, it's not surprising to me. Like there's that parallel of like corporations being like, Hey, this yep. is how we're going to make a bunch of money. And, and it yep. goes all the way to the bottom. Right. I mean, you know, small store owners like rely on this time of year. Yeah. Like, well, if we publish that book, like I'd kind of hope to get that book out before, because this I is a know. great time for us to make money through sales and things. And it's fine. Um, I mean, now that we've had this conversation, fuck that book. We'll write it and publish it whenever we want. Fine. And it's fine. And people can consume it or not. We can, whatever. We're going to sell one to our one audience anyway. I don't know why I get so up in arms about whether it's important to get it out by Christmas or not. It's going <laughs> to, I mean, people will give it. It's, I know. I'm as a teasing. late present, maybe. No, it's great. It'll be fine. Um, There's always next year, too. Like, it's not, it's it's a timeless work. It really is. I would, I mean, it's up there with Shakespeare. I mean, miles apart, but it's still up there on yeah. the, you know, the way Shakespeare has some written words on a piece of paper and we have some written words on a piece of paper, like they're very comparable. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough of that shameless promotion of a book that doesn't exist quite yet. Um, <laughs> although actually it might be out by the time you're listening to this. So, um, yeah, there you that's go. true. Uh, anyway, the book, uh, my point being, forget about the book, the, um, I just think there's some interesting parallels there where it's like, sort of co-opting cultural connections mm-hmm. for monetary gain, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of... Um, Man, I want to say... Exploitation. Like, like, that's what it feels like. It's, it feels exploitive. It is exploitive. But I also think that... Um, it's like, it's doubly exploitive because it's preying off your emotional obligation to your relatives to make them happy and shower sure. them with presents to let them know that they're special. Right. And it's doubled down on by the like religious aspect of it so like you're supposed to spend all of this money to show people you love them and the reason you're showing them you love them is because it's a fucking religious holiday to which you are also supposed to be obedient like the whole thing it's so insidious because it was bad to begin with that there was even the religious holiday yes yeah but then for people to come by and be like i'm gonna make so much fucking money hedging this Uh uh-huh like Oh God. I just, I've, I've had the occasion to tell a couple of people recently about the favorite Christmas that I had with our family, which Uh was the year that we skipped Christmas entirely. We waited until everything was on clearance in January and we went out and we bought ourselves whatever we wanted. And then we got together for dinner and told each other like, Oh, well here's what I bought myself this year. Thanks everybody. And we just spent the money we would have spent on other people on ourselves Uh and everybody got what they wanted and we got it at like 40% off. That's pretty great. (laughs) It felt great. (laughs) Yeah. That's a pretty great Christmas. Um, 
I was thinking about like something else that's really funny and I can't remember and I'm not going to look it up right now, but Dan Savage who writes the advice column Savage Love also is very um, against the the troubles that accompany religion specifically because of what it does to LGBT Uh, yeah it's really rough on that um people and so uh he i i remember the quote but i can't remember why he said it and it was a syphilitic rent boy pissing in the open mouth of a crying baby jesus and i think of it every year at christmas (laughs) oh that's harsh that's really good um oh man it was something like if you really want to hear something upsetting check this out (laughs) i can't remember why i'll have to google it later yeah we can uh, bring that bring that around um (laughs) Man, so good. Yeah. So those are my feelings on the Christmas war. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Those are those are some of my uh, rambling thoughts. Then That's definitely. It's good. good. Um. Okay. Well, I I actually enjoyed this discussion, and I as I do always when we get together. And yeah. Talk, um. I want to basically maybe just pull up a. Do you have a um as kind of our ongoing segment of tips for living well in hell. Um, Ah, do you have something you want to, uh, add for this, this episode? Um, yeah. When you're thinking about like spending money on people at the holidays, I think here's my tip. Um, many of the world's problems are the result of people spending money. And spending, and that's to say spending money on the wrong things, spending money on the right things, having to spend money in the beginnings, the idea of money and markets, like the, the problems that are a result of capitalism will Mm -hmm. not be solved by throwing money at the thing that caused the problem in the first place, which is the money. Right. So like, think about if you care at all, Mm -hmm. think about what could you do for someone or give someone that doesn't involve you spending a bunch of money that you had to trade your time on this planet in an office building earning. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Cause there's a lot of things I think, or even if you spend money just on something that <clears throat> is an experience as opposed to a consumable item. Right. Um, because I'm not suggesting that people boycott like spending money on their relatives or if the season is meaningful to you by all means, but like, I just think of uh, like one for example that drives me nuts is like those fucking Tom's shoes. Sure. Right. And and it's like this uh you know neoliberal like oh if you spend money on yourself you are solving a problem is what it boils down to. Spend money on yourself, overspend on yourself mm-hmm. to subsidize someone somewhere that you don't know anything about supposedly getting a leg up. Right. And well, supposedly getting a pair of shoes to be specific. To be specific in this case. If they were literally just getting the fifty dollars or whatever, that might be better. It might be better because like if you do any research into that particular scenario, the people who are on the receiving end of like the Tom's shoes who are not buying them but are receiving them as a secondary product Mm -hmm. those people maybe have a lot of problems right but none of them was a lack of shoes right right. and so there's just a bunch of american company you know american-made shoes like flooding yeah the market or if you even want to call it a market it's not really a market there was never like a shoe market to flood like it's it's just such a stupid way to claim that you're helping the world right right um so anyway if you're gonna do stuff like that or if it's buy one and somebody somewhere some poor person somewhere gets a thing Mm -hmm. just really research it before you spend the money on it because some of that stuff is like insultingly inept sure um, so yeah, many of the world's problems are a result of capitalism and you can't solve those problems by throwing more money at the thing that caused that problem. That's my guide to living well in hell today. I like that one. It's good. There's a lot of things you can do to make things better that don't involve throwing money at a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything to add to that. So I think I'm... I either. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, happy, Merry Starbucks war on Christmas, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, support our troops. Go team. Go team. Okay. Okay.